What's good, everybody? My name is Brandon McCollum, otherwise known as BMIC C, and this is Nice Minds. I am joined by my dude, Ty Davis. What's good, my dude? What's up, brother? How you doing? Good, man. Good. Uh, we have known each other for a minute, so how I know you, I know you through IPR. We met in orientation actually like it was it was very serendipitous i feel the way we met they did this little awkward thing where they're like just walk around and talk to whoever's by you i hate things like that i do too man i (laughs) fucking hate that shit i mean as as introverts we fucking can't stand that shit so yeah i mean at first i talked to i think i talked to kaya because kaya was like right by me i saw you next so and i noticed you had a maple grove hat on and i'm like oh shit did you go to maple grove and you're like yeah and i'm like what year did you graduate you're like 2013, and I was like, oh, shit, I was supposed to graduate 2003, so you're like 10 years younger than me. But we didn't see each other until, actually, I think it was like the first day of class. I think it was like outside of class. I ran into you again, and I'm like, oh, shit, I met you at orientation. You, oh, yeah, Maple you, Grove, dude. <laughs> yep, yep. And then I started at Nice Entertainment, and you were like literally the first artist to be a part of that, which was super dope. But give everybody a background. How did you get started with music? Man, it was a long time ago. I basically started out writing poetry, started rapping over like YouTube beats and shit. When I first started, I was rapping in an Xbox headset, just basically in free software, doing what I could. Um, I was recording stuff. I went to Mankato before IPR. I was recording songs in my dorm room on this mic that I'm using right now. And then That's I was dope. just like... Dude, I started skipping class and stuff, and I was like, my real passion at this point in life is music, so I'm going to switch, go to IPR, try and pursue that, and then that's kind of how I ended up there. Got into production, engineering. Yeah, because you grew up with music all, all around. I mean, you're, uh, your grandfather was Big Chick Huntsbury. Yes, sir. Prince's bodyguard. Talk about that, man. Talk about growing up like in a prince family well he he died before i was born so i never met my grandpa i never met prince like i got invited to maybe a couple of those like pajama parties and stuff which i regrettably never went to um yeah because you just kind of think someone like prince is just gonna be around forever you know like i'll get another chance to go to these parties and see him live and then he just died one day abruptly it's like fuck now I can never go to these parties. <laughs> yeah. You know, but um, as far as uh, Prince and the family and stuff, I hear a lot of stories about him, but I never got to really experience any of that. So it's kind of like old uh, urban legend, if you will. <laughs> My grandpa's book just came out, so I just read that. And there was a lot of stories and shit of him and Prince. That's crazy. So your grandpa wrote that or your grandma wrote that my grandpa wrote it when he was still alive and then my grandpa my grandma and my aunt becky got it published like a few months ago that's dope is it on like amazon or anything yep it's on amazon that's where i bought it i just thought that was super dope because i've always been a huge prince fan um and yeah man i mean so we met and then we we connected right away and i don't even remember how it went but i i heard your music and it was like early, early music. I mean, how long had you been rapping at the time that I met you? Because I met you early 2014. I mean, not that long. Not like taking it super serious at that point either. Because like once I started going to IPR, at least right before that is when I got more serious. Yeah, because I remember hearing uh, 
champagne and what was I can't even think of the champagne title and about. confetti. Yeah, we we made a new version. <laughs> that was dope, dude. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Because I remember hearing champagne and confetti. I think that was like the first track that I heard, and I was like, oh shit. This is rough, but you got potential because that that hook was so <laughs> fucking catchy. I was like, "This hook is money," and I remember I had I had a bunch of beats. I mean, because I right before I started IPR, I made fifty beats, a website, and had business cards. And I had the idea to start Nice Entertainment. And I think out of that fifty beats, I I don't know what made me choose this one beat, but I was like, "Yo, you should take that song." and spit it to this beat. And I, I remember telling you, suggesting that. And yeah. it just turned out to be money. Like, the the way that the hook worked with the beat, and it, it, we got Thad on there. And then I I, I want to say that was, like, really the incubation of Nice Entertainment, bro, was, was that song. That was super fire. It ended up being better than the original version, too. It was super dope. So, yeah, I mean, we, we recorded that pretty quick after we started at IPR. Um, and then... We did your first show, opening up for Sess Crew. Dude, I was so nervous for that. <laughs> I bet that was crazy because that kind of started everything for like our whole journey, you know? Right. That was really dope. Yeah, it was a super dope show. Even though I butchered it, <laughs> dude. No, you didn't. I mean, even looking at the the old footage because I have a recording of part of it. I don't know if I have the whole thing, but I mean, you could just tell that you had the natural ability, that you had the natural gift. I mean, you were really shy. Like, you could tell you were hella nervous, but at the same time, <laughs> and, and I think you did fumble, yeah. on, fumble on a few lyrics, but at the same time, like, you really killed it. Like, you you killed it on, like, all of my backup vocals. Um, You killed it on, our, you know, the songs that we did together and shit. And, man, that was, that was dope, man. And then, uh, so, yeah, we started having meetings for nice guy entertainment and got uh, you you were one of the first artists involved and you brought in two other artists uh ap lifted uh being one of them and then we also did the i consider 2015 as like one of the most epic years that i've ever had like i i after um with with everything that i've been through with nge I, for a while, I was like, nothing's going to compare to 2015. Like, everything everything pales in comparison to... Like, I was just comparing every fucking thing to 2015. Because Word. we, like... We were on fire when we first started, man. Like, like, that fucking... The beginning of that year, I think, was when AP Lifted Austin first performed. I want to say it was, like, that February. It might have even been, like six years ago as we're recording was this. that at the little arcade place? yeah it was at this yeah. this arcade slash uh studio slash live what was it 33rd venue. realm 33rd right? realm that place was popping it was fucking sick man it was owned by my dude mc rents and he you know i already had a relationship built with him he was the one that got uh us the Sess crew show as well so it's crazy that a lot of your earlier shows were through that dude um and you probably don't even remember him um but yeah so we uh we did a bunch of shows there but, but that that venue was dope because it was this little arcade it was right in north st paul it was right by the group home that i happened to work at like literally like a mile and a half um mm-hmm. and i would you know come after work i wouldn't even have to like miss work and i would just come after work and 
do the shows and shit. Um, and then he ended up having to fold it. But right before he he folded it, he actually asked me if I wanted to co-own it. I don't know if I don't know if I ever told you about that. Oh, really? No, I never heard about that. I didn't have any money to like dump into it or anything, so I was like, "That's flattering, man, and I would love to, but I just I can't I can't do it's that right now." Too much to take on, right. right? Yeah. So he ended up folding that place. I remember some super dope shows there, dude. Like, oh yeah, those competitions and shit with Sacred and Darren Sippity were in there, and there was just packed with people from the front to the back with the little windows behind the stage. That was super dope. Me and you did one like during the day when there was barely anyone in there and it was a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, it was it was hard to get people out there cuz it <laughs> it's like on the other side of fucking of, of the cities uh a lot of people from the Minneapolis area don't want to go to St. Paul. It's just like a thing around here that right. people, people just don't want to go to that side. That's super true. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. But I mean, yeah, that that was epic times. And then af- after that, I mean, we were we were doing at least two shows a month, I want to say, with, with NGE. I mean, we were busy, busy when we first started. Mm-hmm. Talk about uh, the formation of Bottle Kids. I mean, as you know, we were just working on shit together all the time. We became best friends working on music, doing stuff with NGE. And then we just kind of figured we might as well just make it a thing, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Make it an official group. So then we did that and just ran with it, started doing shows together. Um, At first, we would still do a lot of shows, just doing like solo songs and whatnot. And then we started making more songs together. And eventually we had whole sets and it was just just kind of kept the momentum going, you know? Yeah, it was a supernatural progression. And you guys were just on fire with opening for, for big names. I mean... You guys were busy. So who are some of the big names that you opened for? I know I remember Warren G. I remember Kirko yeah, Kirko Bangs. Uh, who oh, else? Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, G Easy, Gucci Mane, uh, Rob Banks, Ski Mask, Puya, Fat Nick. Uh, lots of big underground guys. Xavier Wolf. It's a lot, and it, most of them were through CLM Presents, right? A lot of them were through him, yeah, and then. I don't know. We just ended up meeting a lot of different promoters through different networking. I don't know. Just met a lot of different promoters, and they all liked us because we were professional um, with how we dealt with everything, selling tickets, bringing people. And uh, once they like you, they offer you all these shows. It was impressive, man. And then um, at the same time, we, we worked on your album Arteries, for a minute because i mean you started arteries i want to say like the first year that we met or that we started mm-hmm. really working probably 2015 late 2014 you started that album and you i mean you were recording like crazy for that i the other day i, I opened up like i have you know i keep everything and i have a whole archive of unreleased ty davis sessions like i probably have like like 20 25 30 of your sessions bro of just stuff that that never ended up getting finished or coming out or whatever um oh wow because yeah that's crazy i mean how many songs did you end up writing or like kind of creating during that process it was like 50 wasn't it definitely more than any of my other albums that i've ever done just because it was so long there were so many different songs that were like in the folder that could potentially be on arteries you know what i mean 
because I ended up putting out two or three different albums between when I started Arteries to when that came out. Yeah, I mean, you ended up finishing multiple projects before that album uh, ever came out because I was going to say mm-hmm. that album took from start to finish like like three years because I yeah, mean, for sure. there was just a bunch of different setbacks, like life setbacks and creative setbacks and just, just things that were in the way of of that album getting done and I still I still feel like that album was completely slept on and I want everybody that's watching this or listening to this to go to any streaming service and play Ty Davis Arteries from start to finish because that album to me like I can listen to that album front to back you had a lot to do with that album too we worked on that a lot together I had at least like four or five five tracks on the final version that i i at least uh co-produced or or produced Mm -hmm. um and yeah i remember having a lot of like ideas for that album as well like bother that was that was a dope one um we remade uh uh stained bother because i remember like making that beat like i literally took stained that that track um and chopped it up and made a beat with it i'm like this is perfect for ty davis ty's gonna love this shit and i sent that to you and you're like dude this is this is dope i, I love this song and then we we like Aaron helped completely reconstruct the beat i mean like live guitar uh justin burke ended up singing the hook on that we got my girlfriend yeah, we got friend a cello too to be a viola Oh, viola. <laughs> I feel like it deserves to be up there with one of the better ones that's come out of the the local scene. Um so Bottle Kids, you guys have been fucking or I mean before the pandemic, obviously the pandemic put a lot of damper on a lot of shit, but um but you guys were busy. You guys were were putting out projects left and right. You guys recently landed a Jersey Shore placement. How did that go, bro? <laughs> Just through our publishing, dude. Uh I didn't even really know when it when it was gonna be on or what show or what episode or whatever. And then uh, my dad's girlfriend sent me this video that it was on the show. I was like, "Damn, that's crazy." <laughs> I would love to get something licensed. I've always wondered how that process works. So, do you get do you get paid every time the show airs? Then how does that work? I believe so. It takes like six months probably to get the royalties so i won't see any of that for a while that's a slept on thing is is licensing oh for sure i mean i feel like that is how producers and artists need to try to make their money going forward definitely one of the biggest ways and like you said a lot of people don't even try to do it they just try to make money off shows streaming like the normal ways that you would think yep to make money as an artist Mm -hmm. but there's a lot a lot of ways people don't think about too yeah there's there's a lot of ways man i mean like with me i got um a lot of freelance work with with editing podcasts and recording uh radio commercials oh that's super cool yeah i mean it's it's kept me really busy throughout 2020 engineers and you know audio people don't really consider those lanes and there's so many different mm-hmm. different lanes that you can take that people just don't don't know about or don't you know pursue. And that's a really good idea, like mixing podcasts for people and stuff too. Because once you mix records, like 
mixing a podcast is not going to be very hard for you. Yeah, it's it's pretty sick, man. The 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 things that I've been able to do with that space. Um, so yeah, you started your uh, production entity, Buttercream Beats. Um, I haven't even like talked to you face to face. I feel like since you created that name how did that name even come about because you were you were thinking about like all these different (laughs) like uh alter egos that you could go by uh called like yeah like jasper newton was one of them i remember starting out i did go by jasper newton for a little while that was like the the guy who made jack daniels and uh yeah buttercream beats though i just made one day uh I was just trying to think of a producer name and I was looking at candles and then I kept finding candles that had a producer had already taken the name of that and then buttercream I just liked how it rolled off the tongue buttercream beats I don't know dude I just liked it I know with with my thing like I always had a hard time uh branding BMXC so that's why mm-hmm. Nice Guy Entertainment was such an easy thing for me to brand and the, you know, and I feel like buttercream beats is is probably that for you, right? Yeah, for sure. The logo is just a little cupcake. Yeah, it's a fucking. I don't know. You can just. It's easy, honestly. Just get the colors, the the logo. You can build around that. That's dope. I love it, man. Uh, you've been doing huge shit, man. So, what kind of uh setbacks has twenty twenty placed your way? I noticed you you kept pretty busy, but um, were there was there anything that like really set you back when the pandemic hit i mean yeah for sure like not being able to network or like see anyone do any shows go to any shows it's obviously a shitty time for anyone in the entertainment industry in general but um especially because i was really focused on production all of 2020 and i couldn't go to shows and find people to sell my beats to so i had to get a lot better at online marketing and just being a better online presence because that's the only way you can sell yourself now absolutely (laughs) you know what i mean so that was the biggest change and thing i had to adapt to this year i I feel like absolutely but i've I've noticed that you've you've stayed consistent with it and you've been you've been killing it on there dude um thanks bro how has the beat selling been going has that been going fairly well Mm, every now and then I get a few sales. It's not like something I can be consistent right. with at this point. I mean, I just, I feel like I have so many things going on too. And I don't really have time to just lock in on just that. I feel that. So it's just kind of like a side hustle at this point. Yep. Um, and something I like doing. What else you got going on creatively? What's What's the future looking like for Ty Davis and Bottle Kids? We're actually working on some new stuff now. New Bottle Kids stuff. I just made a song like two days ago that I sent to Austin that he likes. So we're going to do something with that. And I gave him a bunch of beats for Christmas on a little flash drive. That's what's up. So I've noticed a lot more like um, almost ever since you guys got that placement, a lot of enthusiasm from you guys. Like I feel like was that like a like a re re energizing experience for you guys? Yeah, for sure, dude. I think I think it's always good as an artist to receive some recognition or like some type of uh I mean, it's, it's just like a lot of the time you're putting shit out and nobody's noticing mm-hmm. it or people will literally scroll by and 
because they don't want to like it because then you might ask them about right. it. It's like it, people don't want it to exist. That was always my biggest hurdle with running Nice Guy Entertainment because you guys were all dope. I mean, like I loved your guys' music, but I I never knew how to like find way, creative ways to, to be like, yo, listen to my dudes. They're freaking dope. They're really fucking talented. And I think that's a lot of... Uh, the challenges we as indie artists face, you know, it's like standing out of the crowd and figuring out ways to not be annoying and not be spammy. Yeah, for sure. Selling yourself to people who don't right. want to buy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been talking to a lot of people about uh, unity and, and what the what the scene's going to look like after the pandemic um, when we're able to, like, get back into shows. What What's your take on it? What do you think it's going to be like after, like, once the pandemic settles down, whatever the new normal looks like. I think it's going to be a lot different for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping there's going to be less gatekeeping and like people who think they're big fucking celebrities running the city and stuff like that. I hope it's just more, like you said, unity, people working together on shows and just bringing the city together and being happy that we have shows again what i'm hoping for yeah me too and but you you know like that's always been my thing since day one mm -hmm. like i've always yeah, absolutely been about unity i've always been about working together like collaborating with you or with 2jd you know and the numerous people that i've had involved with nice entertainment has been one of my biggest joys and collaboration is is so uh underrated i feel like yeah for sure um i think there's a lot of people who just uh move that way anyways like the people enjoy collaborating with other people and they do it just to make better art and they enjoy the process and then there's some people who think anytime i do a feature i'm gonna need payment and it's just i mean hopefully there's less of that i understand you you know people need to get paid um and stuff like that but i've never understood paying or charging people for features when you haven't built up a name you know or, or a reputation and and i know that a lot of people like right out the gate charge people for features yeah and some of them sell features too which is right. interesting but um I, I don't know i'd like to see how that works out for them in the long run right it seems like a short-term gain for like a long-term uh coming off like kind of an asshole right i'm all about like doing what's right for you that's always been my thing and that's why like when you guys um wanted to do your own thing and not necessarily be part of nice entertainment anymore that's why i always still supported you guys because um i've always been about you know do what's right for you um but yeah i mean i i i, I do see a lot of arrogance uh from some people that are just like like they they think they don't think like you said like they don't think long term they think short term right it's more valuable to build and maintain these relationships with other uh, people in the industry than it is to get a short term quick check that's how i see it yeah. at least no i totally agree we went through kind of everything that i wanted to talk about talk about but uh, just on a personal level, how have you been? Like, how have you been feeling? Pretty good, dude. I'm taking my real estate classes right now, so that's a whole thing for me. <laughs> when did you start that? Literally last week. Oh, damn. Um, 
yeah I got laid off of my job so I'm trying to get into real estate and I've just I just started collecting unemployment while I do my classes and just kind of working on music doing classes being low-key word I mean I needed this break just from like working hard long hours physical labor like I needed this uh period to regroup yeah I th- you know I think that was a huge thing about 2020 uh i which you know i kind of did too man because uh like like i mean like i said like with 2016 when josh left um and like i kind of like all 2016 i kind of didn't know what to do with nge and then me and kelsey kind of picked it back up in 2017 and then when my mom got sick that's when like everything kind of went to shit because i just like i had to help her out and um I spent like a whole year and a half um, really focused on helping my mom get better. And, you know, I kind of put music and everything to the side. I, you know, I, was, I, I went back to school and I was like, do, you know, still doing shows here and there and stuff. But really, that was like my number one priority. And then I got sick for like four months and that sucked. But then 2020 hit and, you know, I no longer had access to IPR, which I had access two for years and then I also um didn't uh we we couldn't book shows so I was kind of left like well what the fuck do I do and you know I was still running nice entertainment the way that I always did as like a collective as a crew and I still had like 10 people that were involved and I had to do some long hard soul searching and I finally came to the conclusion I'm like well you know, I started it as my personal brand. I started it as like it was only me. So why don't I go back to that? Because it was just I, I noticed like with all the different just ways of like keeping it organized and all that stuff, I still want to help talent and I still want to I still want to collaborate as much as I did. But I, I noticed that I was just finding a lot more stress from it than I was joy. And yeah, at the same time, me and, uh, you know, I mean, a couple dudes started, yeah, dude samples, um, where we're, you know, we're doing sample packs for, for producers and all that stuff. And we're, we're exploring that. And then I, I've had the idea to do this podcast for a minute. So, uh, with, with those two things and my freelance work, I've just been busy, busy. I mean... Yeah, I feel you, dude. I think you're doing a great job. Uh, what people don't tell us or what we don't hear enough is that it's okay to take a break, um, prioritize in your life. Um, you don't have to be grinding on music all the time. Right. Like, some people have this narrative that, like, oh, I'm in the studio all night. I'm always working. Like, But they probably have other shit in their life that's going into turmoil at the same time you have to kind of prioritize get everything in order and then the music will come within that you know what i mean right and everything will work out if you're if you're prioritizing and staying organized uh yeah i think you're doing a good job man thanks man i really appreciate that man yeah i mean uh hearing that from you really means a lot man because you're you're somebody who I've always admired, I mean, you know, since day one, like, like I, I told you, man, I mean, you are one of the most underrated slept on fucking dudes that the Twin City has ever, has ever seen, man. I mean, 
to me, like you, you're in my top ten in the cities, like as far as like MCs go, man. Like for real. Hey, I appreciate that, bro. And you, you've been <laughs> you've been on that list for me since like 2015. I mean, pe- people don't know. And yeah, well, you gave me my start, so I wouldn't be here without you. I Appreciate that, man. Hell yeah, it's been it's been nothing nothing but love, man, on this end, man. Nothing but love. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise. Hell yeah, man. I can't even remember the last time we saw each other in person. I don't know, bro. I haven't seen anyone for yeah. so long. Yeah. I mean, I I, I remember <laughs> the last time I saw Austin, I met up with him at uh, Jackson's. Jackson's. Yeah, I met him at Jackson's. That's the spot. Yeah. And b- before that, like, I I feel like I hadn't seen you. Was was the was it the arteries release party? That's a long time ago. That, that was, was like three years first... ago. Yeah, that was like when I first started dating Sarah. Dayblock Brewery. That was that was the last time I saw you. That was 2019. Who performed there? That was Nerdy Landscapes. Um, oh yeah. Two JD. I remember that one. That was a dope show. That was one of the better ones. Where like, like I I felt like re-energized after it, but it was also a bummer because. The, like my car lock was like was fucked up and that <laughs> that night i i walk out to my to my car and like i like that whole day was just exhausting because i was like still, oh wasn't that when you got some yeah, shit stolen out of yeah. your car that's nuts i was taking care of my mom still and i was going back to school and so i was just like balancing all these different things and i remember like like being like stressed out before the show like before the show and i just i threw my backpack like under the front seat or like like right in front of the front seat. And usually like I would, you know, put it in the trunk and I just wasn't even thinking. And, you know, I park, grab all my shit. You know, I, I, I remember specifically like turning around and locking my door. Like I remember locking it, but I found out later that the locks were busted. Like I didn't even know about it. Um, and yeah, I came, I came out that night after the show, super tired and you know, I was driving back to my girlfriend's and I it I get a notification in my dash that said door ajar. And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't really think too much of it. And I, I um I parked, grabbed my stuff, and I went to the front, um, the passenger, because I, I remember that I put my backpack up there and I opened the door and it's fucking gone. My back my like my backpack was just nowhere to be seen what a fucking nightmare it was a fucking nightmare bro like everything that that you can think of that you wouldn't want to get stolen was fucking in there like my of course my i <laughs> my ipad that i had like given to my girlfriend that i was borrowing back from her um plus my laptop um plus my drive that i hadn't backed up in six months and i didn't even have a proper backup of like my sample library and you know how much like my sample library means to me like that's my fucking baby. So like the last time I had backed up my sample library was 2015. So damn. Oh and I like I literally like like when my mom was sick, that is what I did with my time. Like I would I would organize and download samples. Like yeah. that's like I spent like hours and hours and hours on that shit and it was gone. Yeah, any musician knows losing a hard drive that's not backed up is the worst shit that can happen yeah and i would like and and at that point like that year especially like i was on a musical fucking spree like i was i was back to like really producing artists and i was like back on my own rap shit and like i lost like sessions that um like i still fucking 
wish that I had, you know, and and so that was a major fucking setback right there, man. That was that was that was ridiculous, man. Yeah, dude, I've lost so many sessions and like files and shit over the years that I wish I had now, just from being like not organized. Yeah, it it really taught me, which I I need I need to get a bigger hard drive now, but like I I was on a weekly like backup, like like every fucking week for a long time like i back up my shit religiously that's smart that's the way to go but it's like it's hard to it's hard (laughs) and especially when you have so many files that it takes like hours to back up anyway and when you're Mm. like when you're always on the go when you're always in a hurry some like i i i'm kicking myself because i i haven't backed up my shit and i i just know that every every time like i don't back up my shit like something happens so i'm like i better fucking back it up this week you know and then it's time to make some new shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I've always done. It's like I lose a bunch of shit. I have to make more. Yep. That that is what I did. Like I went even harder on my fucking sample library. So, because my goal mm. is like I now like when when I first started out, like when I first started NGE and stuff, I didn't care about being the best. I didn't care about like anything. But now, like I'm I'm at the point where I'm like. I want to be one of the best producers. Like I want to walk into any fucking studio session with any fucking producer, like out in LA and just have the fucking, like the most sounds like the, you know, the quickest, like cook up with, you know, quickest collaborations, stuff like that. Like that, that's really like, I think, I think without that turn some heads. Yeah. Turn some heads. I think without my hard drive getting stolen, I wouldn't have that outlook. Like I, I just, I got this whole new like hunger to like come back stronger after that. And especially like after all my setbacks and shit, I just have a whole different, like, like hunger that just, I wish was there the whole time, you know? Yeah. It's cool how stuff like that can happen though. Like some, something that looks like uh, you're down bad and then you come back with this drive, you know? Cause uh, uh, yeah, that's cool, man. Not that I like didn't believe in myself before, but, uh, it's definitely a, a change from what it used to be. Like I, I, I used to like really like downplay my accomplishments and downplay what you know the things that I do and uh, have done, and I'm I'm not trying to do that anymore. Like I know, I know my place. Like I know I know who I am at this point. You know, like I know what m- I want my legacy to be. Fucking right, bro. Talk your shit. <laughs> exactly, man. It's 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 definitely something that's that's new for me, and uh, I I want to just keep that momentum going, you know. Hmm. I like that energy. Hell yeah. I like it. I want to keep growing, man, because I feel like I feel like for for a good few years. I mean, like 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 we talked about, like it was it was a lot of like setbacks and just just things that I had to take care of, but. I wasn't as concerned with progressing as I as I wish that I would have been. And now I I I just want to I just want to be better than I was last year. I don't I don't want to be um you know even if even if it means that like I'm I'm still on we're still on lockdown for a while, I still want to figure out ways that I can just keep this going. Yeah. That's the mentality you have to have, dude, in any aspect of life. Just yep. get better every day. What can I do? What can I wake up and do to make myself better than I was yesterday? Yep. Yeah. That's it. You take that to any part of your life, you'll be looking better at the end of the week, end of the month, end of the year. With that being said, bro, we got to get on some collaborations, man. Yeah, for sure. 
Whatever happened to that one beat that we did? Oh, I still got it. I just remembered because you said collabs. Yeah, I still got it. Uh, I'll send it back to you. That was pretty fire, dude. Are you trying to, to do all the production on the new Bottle Kids? Or are mm-hmm. you open to any any collaborations on beats or anything? But at this point, I just kind of want to produce everything on our albums or have Austin do it because uh, he's, he's mentioned that he wants to learn production. Oh, dope. Um, he's been super busy lately, though. So. Yeah. I'm not anticipating that that will happen for any time soon, but right. I'm trying to do all the production just so that we have all the ownership in-house. Oh, for sure. So I when we that. do publishing and licensing and stuff, it, we don't have to dish out as much. Right, that makes sense. Ownership is what we're going for right now. Yeah, last time I talked to Austin, he was like uh, learning guitar and shit. Is, is he still doing mm-hmm. that? I remember that. I'm not really sure. He he oh, was okay. still playing a lot when I lived with him. He was doing his lessons and shit. Oh, okay. Word. I play guitar sometimes, but I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Trying to teach myself. That's dope. I've al- I've never really wanted to learn guitar. I want to learn like I want to master the keys and I want to learn mm-hmm. bass and I want to learn drums. Those are like the three that I want to get decent at. For some reason, I just have I I I love guitar. Like when it's good, it's it's dope. But I've just never really had the desire to like to pick it up. I feel like the drums are fucking hard because you have oh, to be yeah. coordinated with your feet and your hands. It's super and hard. Keep, keep rhythm. Even on the drum pads, it's hard to play more than one part oh, at the yeah. same time. I mean, as far as your production goes, you've been you've been leveling up, bro. Like everything I've been hearing has just been crazy. I, and I think it's I think it's super dope that you want to take soul production uh rights for bottle kids i think that i think that's super smooth how you guys are doing that the way i see it is just better like if you can keep getting better at at making beats and then you own everything if you have to give 50 or 25 percent to a a different producer for every song that shit adds up are you guys looking at like any more licensing stuff or is it really just like it's it's really just like your your songs end up like in a like in a playlist right yeah we have a we have a publishing company that pitches them um i don't really know how it works i just have to upload all the a shit ton of files for every song and then they take it from there do you have to upload like all the stems and shit mm-hmm. oh word stems clean versions instrumentals that makes sense wow that's a mm-hmm. lot of work, though. Yeah, I just did that for our original, for our first album, Desolate Hiatus. I remastered it and got all those bounces, and it took, like, a whole week of just doing that. People don't even, like, realize the process that goes into being a producer slash engineer. Just bouncing files, dude, was, like, a whole day. <laughs> Straight <laughs> it's up, It's insane. Man. I mean, when you have to wear, like so many hats when you're part of a group or like a label situation it's it's tiring man but i mean but when you get little wins like like you guys got it makes it all worth it man and it's all about keeping your priorities in check you know what i mean i'm proud of you man i'm proud of your growth proud of you too thank you man i really appreciate you man thanks for having me on here oh no doubt man thank you for appearing on the episode bro i hope y'all like my fucking messy room love it man